Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. He's leaving against his wishes, but Boris Johnson's reign as the British leader has come to an end. He wanted to go down in the history books like his hero, Winston Churchill. Instead, he's leaving Downing Street with an uninspiring record. Today, chief political commentator for the independent newspaper, John Rental, on Boris's chequered legacy and the challenges for his successor. John Rental, last time we chatted, we had a really good look at the boozy Downing Street parties that Boris Johnson had held during COVID lockdowns. And he was holding on to power then, but I gather that was partly what brought him unstuck. Yes. No, that was his main problem with the with the British public. I mean, it wasn't just the parties. It was that people felt he hadn't been straight about his knowledge of them. Uh, and that's what just destroyed uh, Boris Johnson's popularity. I understand and share the anger up and down the country at seeing number 10 staff seeming to make light of lockdown measures. I apologise. And I apologise. Repeating my apologies. I want to apologise. But then it was finally, it was it was an incident involving his uh, his deputy chief whip who uh, was sex, sexually assaulting uh, young men in a club late at night mm. and uh, Boris Johnson pretended he didn't know anything about it and that was what really, uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I was, I was briefed on what had, had happened mm-hmm. and, you know, if, if I had my time again, I would think back on it and uh, recognise that uh, he wasn't going to learn. So he stepped aside on the 7th of July But, John, he hasn't gone gently into the night. It seems a little strange to us here that he's resigned at the beginning of July, but he's still there. Just explain (laughs) it to me. Well, that seems strange to people here too, actually. I mean, people don't really understand uh, the rules uh, which uh, have changed, uh, you know, decades ago. We now have party members uh, having a say in who the next leader is. Uh, and that's a process that takes time. So it used to be, uh, it used to be brutally quick. A prime minister could be toppled and dispatched by MPs in days, and and a replacement uh, installed. But now it's a it's a two month long process. Boris Johnson's made it made it worse by just appearing to go on holiday for the for the entire period. So it means we have a zombie government. He's been having the time of his life. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's been going through the bucket list. Um, he's obviously, obviously always wanted to fly a fighter jet, so he went up in a in a trainer jet, uh, put the video up on uh, on social media, um, and then he went on a, a long delayed honeymoon. He got married uh, in secret in Westminster Cathedral. Uh, went on a honeymoon uh, for four days. Double done. I should begin by saying double done, everybody. We've had a wonderful honeymoon. Thank you to the. Uh, to everybody who's uh, who's helped us, we've we've climbed every available mountain, we've jumped in the lakes, we've been on bicycles, and we've had a wonderful time. I thoroughly recommend uh, Slovenia. We've seen then, no sooner was he back, then he was off again uh, to to Greece. Hi. 
then he's he's in uh, Kiev mm. uh, d- ticking off another item on his bucket list. He wanted to go and see uh, his friend President Zelensky again. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something if I if I can, Volodymyr. I, mean, I want to I want to thank you and the the people of Ukraine for the the, the incredible honour that you've. Sounds like a pretty good job if you can get it. But let's leave Boris there for now because very soon you'll know who your next Prime Minister will be. And it's come down to two people, the former Chancellor Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. Well, Liz Truss, the Foreign Secretary, is the favourite to win. A, a lot of the excitement and interest has been taken out of the race by opinion polls of uh, Conservative Party members. They show such an overwhelming lead for Liz Truss that the cha- the chances of her not being the choice um, are, are, are absolutely minimal. Everybody's assuming it, it, is, it is going to be she, and she has been with her team. She's been preparing... Uh, to take over the reins. I mean, she's been having meetings with civil servants and uh, and her likely uh, choice as the next uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer, which is Kwasi Kwarteng, uh, because, you know, they've got to discuss how they're going to face the, uh, the, 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 the energy price uh, crisis, which is uh, obviously looming over the whole contest. Okay, so it looks like Liz Truss is it, if the opinion polling does prove correct. In the past here it hasn't, but anyway... <laughs> If she does win, she'll be the third British female Prime Minister after Theresa May and, of course, Margaret Thatcher. Uh, She has chosen to wear um, clothes that look exactly like the clothes that Margaret Thatcher wore, um, very old-fashioned, and to be photographed uh, on a tank and in Moscow with a fur hat. I mean, she is definitely... Uh, trying to be a sort of Margaret Thatcher tribute act and um, she's explicitly claiming to be a Thatcherite. But Liz Truss protests far too much that uh, she hasn't compared herself to Margaret Thatcher. It's uh, it's all the media uh, getting carried away. It, It is quite frustrating that female politicians always get compared to Margaret Thatcher, whereas male politicians don't get compared to Ted Heath. But there's a huge... Uh, dispute that has run through the entire leadership campaign about what a Thatcherite means because Liz Truss has been telling uh, Conservative Party members that she wants tax cuts uh, because that's what Margaret Thatcher did. But Rishi Sunak is countering, uh, saying that Margaret Thatcher actually raised taxes to start off with to put the public finances on a sound footing and only cut taxes uh, when the economy grew. Uh, whereas Liz Truss wants to do it the other way around. She wants to cut taxes in order to stimulate growth. Uh, and so that argument has, has been dominating. But uh, she has been telling the party members what they want to hear, whereas Rishi Sunak has been, uh, uh, has been accusing her of fairy tales. And uh, it turns out that party members would rather believe fairy tales. Right. We, we, Liz, we have to be honest. We, we have to be honest. But borrowing your way out of inflation isn't a plan. It's a fairy tale. I think it is wrong to put yeah, taxes in, up because that is what we're talking about. John, what else do we know about her? I know that people sort of often think she's a little bit awkward. I want to see us eating more British food here in Britain. We import two-thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. Yes, I mean, she's, uh, she's quirky. Uh, she's got a sense of humour. I've sometimes been excessively over-enthusiastic and sometimes I have to rein myself in. Uh, I've always found her uh, fun to talk to, but you often come away from a conversation with her sort of scratching your head about 
whether she actually meant it, uh, uh, any of that. And although she's always portrayed herself as a, uh, uh, as a straight down the line Thatcherite, as I was saying, you know, there's, it's not always clear what that means in practice. We have never had it so good. She's adopted quite a few right-wing poses uh, in order to, to, to appeal to the party membership. But nobody knows how she's going to behave when she's in power because although she is, in fact, the longest-serving uh, cabinet minister, um, has been in the cabinet since 2014, she's not remembered for any you know, great decisions. Her main claim to fame is that she negotiated a series of trade deals uh, to replace the deals that we had as members of the EU. We are growing wheat more competitively than the Canadian prairies. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. Uh, but most of those were cut and paste uh, uh, deals. Um, I mean, obviously the one with, uh, with Australia and New Zealand was, was, was a bit more complicated. Uh, but it wasn't a, a good guide to what she's going to be like as Prime Minister. So what sort of leader, John, do you think she will be. She's not chosen by the people uh, of Britain. She's just chosen by the members of the Conservative Party, right? Yes. So what sort of, what, what's your prediction? <laughs> well, I'm assuming, uh, and this isn't really based on, on any knowledge of her or her record, but I'm just assuming she'll be driven by events uh, to a certain extent. She will have to do something to deal with the energy price crisis. Uh, the Labour Party, the Labour opposition, have proposed a very, very expensive uh, plan to uh, fix the, the the price of energy at current levels, which means subsidising the energy companies to a colossal uh, degree. I mean, this would, that would be a financial invent, intervention uh, on a par with what we did during the uh, during the pandemic. Uh, her talk during the campaign has been uh, that she wants tax cuts, not handouts. I assume she will pivot on a sixpence as soon as she, as soon as the votes are counted, and will uh, start to address uh, the sort of centre ground floating voters because she will want to win the next general election, which is looming. Where's Boris Johnson? He's, uh, yeah, yeah. Boris is back at number ten Downing Street. Are they all making out? Yeah. Why are they making him out? The the big girl. Yeah. He will. He will have to move out at that point. That is true. This is so awkward. And is that it for? Boris Johnson then, or will he be back? Well, the Boris nostalgia is confined to some uh, some of the darker corners of the of the Conservative Party. It's not it's not widespread outside the Conservative Party. Mm. I think it's a fantasy to think that Boris Johnson could come back, but uh, it's a fantasy that he believes. Mission largely accomplished. For now. I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. He really went with bad grace. Uh, you know, he said, I've, I've achieved a lot uh, for now in his final speech in, in Parliament. And then his, his, his final sign-off was Hasta la Vista, baby, uh, which I thought really um, was beneath the level of events. But it clearly signalled his, his intention to, to make a comeback. Uh, I want to thank everybody here and Hasta la Vista, baby. Thank you. <laughs> John Rental is the chief political commentator for The Independent. The Queen will formally appoint Britain's next Prime Minister at Balmoral on Tuesday, rather than at Buckingham Palace, as would usually occur. 
This episode was produced and mixed by Chris Dengate. Additional production by Sydney Peed, Flint Duxfield and Sam Dunn. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.